This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 156, The Yin Brotherhood Strategy Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Has, have we, at this point, come up with a comedy hook for the yen? Because could they be frat bros? They could be frat bros. Could I they think be, that's acceptable. Could we kind of fra- frat them out a little mm-hmm. bit? What kind sucks of, is that sort of souls thing, right? The Federation of Swole, they get to do that a little bit. Sure, but... I think I think yen gets to be a little bit more like surfer bro. Like, what if hey. it's like What if it's like a, a Lovecraftian frat? Thing where oh, they're they're bros and they but they drink blood you know what I mean <laughs> but they're bros and they have like they're like all crusty and stuff imagine actually what about this imagine Do you bring the 40 the 40 liters of typo positive hey yeah uh what about a this is just an idea for a show now a university mm-hmm. where they have one frat where all the dudes in the frat are like in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the plot of old school? Is that the, the plot of old know. school? I've never seen, seen that movie. Yeah. That's Uh-oh. not true. You've obviously seen it. No, I You've haven't. Obviously, you're trying I, to protect I've you. seen snippets, but I've never seen the whole thing. I don't You've know seen what it's about. snippets of old school. I mean, school. like, you know how it's like on Comedy Central sometimes when you're like when you're in high school and you're I'm just I'm pretty sure old school was directed by the man that went on to direct uh, Joaquin Phoenix in his Oscar-winning Joker jokester <laughs> performance. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that the guy? Isn't that uh, Todd Phillips? It probably pretty is. sure that's Todd It's funny Phillips. how often that ha- happens in Hollywood where it's like the person starts off in uh, just like really stupid comedies. It is him, and he also did The Hangover and Due Date. Right, yes. I knew he did The Hangover. So, yeah, Todd Phillips, stupid comedies into Oscar-winning Joker? I mean, he didn't well let's be real he didn't win the oscar joaquin sure. won the oscar but todd why, watched why did him the win joker it? become a free pass the jokester the why did the jokesome jokums become a free <laughs> pass for an oscar when did that become a thing it so first of all it did not become a free pass for an oscar it's only happened uh, twice well and, okay i listen yeah i mean we, i guess we're not gonna give Jared Leto an Oscar, so that that one got cut out. That Actually, they did get, give Jared. Not, they gave Jared Leto an o- well, Oscar, yes, but uh, not for the jokester. Just not for so the jokums. What is what? What's your angle here? What's your angle of attack? I just I think it's funny that the new like role that you know before it was like oh yeah Don Corleone or like something you know these things that like I don't know I just think it's very strange There's, that the, I mean, the Joker is been... the pinnacle character now for right. Oscar performances. Right. Well, if it happens a third time, it will be insane. Yeah. The fact that it's happened twice is is a bit much. Is there a Joker um, in uh, the Batman? Do they have that, or is it just uh, there is no there is no confirmed Jokester for the Batman? Paul Dano's gonna win for Riddler, though. Come on. No, probably no. Come no, on. Probably not. The Riddler think, doesn't get you the same. Clout. I love it. 
I who knows? This could be a weird. It's, it's be Paul the clown, Dano the as the Riddler. I don't know what to do with that. Anyways, yeah. this has been such a tangent. Why don't we do a, just a stupid movie? Oh, you already have a movie podcast without. Me. Yes, and you're not invited. No, That's I'm just right. kidding. You yeah, maybe we'll get you on sometime. That would be cool. <laughs> I would like that. Uh, I can come talk about Swiss Army Man and annoy you for an hour. Well, see, that's the thing is my original idea was you should come on and talk about Swiss Army Man, but you are so dogmatic. Yeah, man. And, and you are culty about everything that you're into, by Maybe. the way. It's no wonder Swiss that Army we Man have a is legitimately level. very, very, very well, great. I think I, I think that it is fair to say that it is a good movie, but the, to the extent that you insist that it's a good movie and say and heap crazy levels of praise onto it makes it difficult to just be in a conversation with you because no matter what it's going to seem like i'm a hater you know what i mean even though i like the movie you you like it so much you create there's such a gulf of distance between how you feel about the movie and how i feel about the movie but we so you both start like with it. darian it's a four four <laughs> planet and you have sarween tools to get things going with the yin brother <laughs> that, was, that was your little preview <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's get into Yin stuff. Can we first put it to rest? Uh, it's going to be impossible because people listen to like the backlog of this show. So they hear us dogging on Yin. And I think there's people that don't realize that like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's done. That's like way long gone. We don't hate the Yin. In fact, Matt might love the Yin. And in fact, with the stuff we're seeing if, with Prophecy of Kings, Matt might super duper, super crazy love the yin. Actually, Hunter likes the yin too, though. Yeah. Quite a bit. Well, I mean, not as much as you do. True, There's like a gulf but, between But like, they're good. But we both but like them. They're, they're, it's you know, kind my of the Swiss Army Man. Sort of on a it's Swiss, Swiss yeah, Army Man <laughs> of Twilight Imperium factions, <laughs> where we both like them. You, to an extent, that is insane. Yeah. And, and kind of cr- takes the fun out of it for everybody else. But. <laughs> But yeah, so it's funny because didn't we we got an iTunes review recently of someone uh-huh. that had obviously just started listening to the show yeah. from the beginning, and they're like, and "These guys are idiots. They hate the Yin, and the Yin are obviously good." And it's like, "Yeah, well." And I I always forget that we did that. Yeah, but like the first year of the show, <laughs> we like basically talked about it's because it was our first shot we called where we were yeah. obviously wrong. Right. That's and we why stuck it was funny it. to us to double down on it. Right. Be, because we were obviously wrong. Um. And I think it's also, but see, I still think that there is, well, let's get into it. We need yeah, to start about the starting units in the tech. What we yeah. got? So uh, they start with Darien. Like I said, a 4-4, four, four, crazy good home system. Uh, one, single planet we love, you know, defensive. Uh, if you have two planets or three planets, it makes it harder to hold on to everything. So one is quite right. good, especially with your infantry, which we'll get into. You have two carriers, four infantry, two C4I, love it. One destroyer, four fighters, very good start, like yeah. among the top five starts in the game. Nito Frito, I Nito, say. I, yeah. th- I think it's pretty good. Um, uh, and they do start with Sarween tools, which is just nice to get out of the way. I don't particularly see anything thematic about that, but it's nice to just have Sarween in the pocket. Well, you know, a lot of people have been turning on Sarween lately, sure. so I wonder if, is it even okay that they start with No, it? I think it, you know I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, guy, hey, everyone, is it okay? Is this okay now? Uh, no, I, I think, if anything, that's what makes it nicer, is the fact that you do not have to go out, you don't have to, like, make that consideration, you right. just have it, ready, go, move, move on. Right. Uh, so their abilities are indoctrination, and indoctrination reads as thus, at the start of a ground combat, you may spend two influence to replace one of your opponent's participating infantry with one infantry from your reinforcements. This is the bread and butter of the Yin Brotherhood. This is not only a great offensive ability to go take 
uh, systems with like a few amount of infantry, you know, weakly defended planets, you can just nab them up. But it is mm-hmm. also one of the better defensive abilities in the game uh, because people really have to overcommit infantry if they want to take out even a small amount of your infantry. Yeah, two yin infantry on a planet is pretty pesky yeah. to deal with just in general. Uh, even one, if you're not right. set up to deal with it, can basically be impossible yeah. to deal with. You know, th- those situ- I've been in situations where I'm like, I really need to take this planet from Yin. All I have is this like dreadnought in a single infantry. Yeah. If I miss that bombardment, I lose right. completely. Right. Like right. It's, it's all over. just don't about even the bombardment. Yeah, yeah, don't even move on. Right. Uh, their second ability is Devotion. After each space battle round, you may destroy one of your cruisers or destroyers in the active system to produce one hit and assign it to one of your opponent's ships. So the destroyer or cruiser, but almost always people only make this deal with destroyers. Uh, you, It has to survive a combat round, and then you can kill it to deal a hit. This is why originally we were like, I don't like Yin because... People, I think, initially were like yes. overcommitting to this idea when we, devotion. You know what? L- yeah. Let's just make this a little sidebar, real yeah. quick, because I yeah, think yeah. it would be fun to actually. I don't know if we ever actually explained the context of where we were coming from with Yin, right? Because in our TI three play group, the devotion ability, yeah, uh, which I believe was almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if whatever differences there were, they were kind of negligible. Yeah. The point is. It was like kind of a trolly ability yeah. that people tended to overestimate yeah. and think was really good. And I think me and you were both thinking that, oh, perhaps the devotion ability will get some sort of uh some sort of fix, some sort right. of some sort of like, you know, some something to make it a little more potent. Cause it is cool. Like, I yeah. mean it's it's a thematically fun idea, but I think the reason we came down so hard on them before, b- yeah. by the way, before we ever got to play the before game, we played, right. things, we're still getting heat for this thing, <laughs> a shot we called before we ever touched it, which to be fair to the, those people that call us out, though, we did double down on it for a year. For- <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I guess we're all kind of swimming in the same pool here, but that's the whole point is that to us, it seemed like something newer players especially would be like, oh, I want to use this to, I'm going to like destroy your carrier, bro. Right, You're going to start right. with this one carrier. I'm going to come, you know, yeah. suicide my people kamikaze. Would, people by would destroyer. do really dumb plays early yeah. where they would sacrifice all their stuff and then have nothing left behind. Like they, they would right. overthink that this ability was going to like guarantee them stuff. And it's just, it's just not how this works. The mistake what, we were making is we were speaking to a specific meta yeah. instead of actually, and that was like, we had just started the show, but yeah. like, we didn't know how the lay of the land was going to be. And also, like, we hugely underestimated indoctrination honestly right. if they didn't even have devotion all they had indoctrination they would still be like one of the yeah one of the better factions totally for sure. totally but what devotion is good for is defensively it's another deterrent right totally. you've got two infantry on the ground and people are like i don't even think i can take that planet and if you leave an uh a, a destroyer in the space they can't just bring like a single carrier and come in because right. there's a pretty good chance neither of you will hit on that first round of combat and then you just kill the carrier and they don't get to bring any infantry so it's very very good defensively so the other ability that you have is your flagship uh other ability that is maybe something i think people overstate how good it is people are like no this is no 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 no. well huge van the huge van is trolley in a good way this is the right type of and it is great 
but people still get like all these really goofy scenarios in their head of what they're going to do with the Van Hog. And the Van right. Hog is, I think, another thing that it's just like crazy, crazy good for defenses. Mm -hmm. The idea that you're going to use it offensively is few and far between. It's, sure, it's sure. random elements come up in a game that make it to where it's like, oh, I can actually use the Van Hog to do something crazy. Usually you park it above your home system or you park it above Mechatol to just like, hey, don't even think about it. It's a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure, sure, the, sure. the ability reads, when this ship is destroyed, destroy all ships in this system, yours and theirs. So it's kind of almost better just sitting by itself. But it's eight totally. resources to fend off, to, to, to make anybody afraid of coming in. Yeah. Right? It oh, is fun, though. It's maximum it's, fun. It's okay? fun. The other issue, though, is like if you're in like a real being Kingslade scenario, all anybody has to do is one person has to be the sacrificial lamb, go in blow up the van hog and then the next person gets to just waltz on in so totally. your better defenses are still a solid stack of infantry so i all i kind of add that to the problems with the van hog is even parked above your home system isn't foolproof and the huge the the stack of 10 infantry on your home system is the biggest thing that's going to save you not the van hog the van hog is just like a goofy trolley fun way to, to work around it so well i mean I, I don't want to make it sound like there's not good applications for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. If 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 you're in a position where you are most certainly going to lose your home system if they win the space battle, yeah. you may as well just throw the Van Hog down above your home system and be like, right. if you come in, you're just going to lose all that stuff. Yeah, they can do the two-pronged thing, but they got to coordinate two with people. another player. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, well, and the, the other big thing with it is... The, the fact that it, it can never win you a space combat, right? If it dies, everything dies, it's a draw. But right. it can. It can I mean, destroy their greatest ship, it can, It's It is the destroy their greatest <laughs> ship ship. It just does yeah. that. <laughs> right. Um, with the only flip side being, like, if they're able to pull off a retreat or a skilled retreat or whatever. But generally, I mean, you don't even have to sustain damage. That's, like, the big little trick with the Van Hog is if it right. deals a hit, sustain damage is a may. It, it is, um, you know, optional. So... A lot of people will literally just send the Van Hog at, like, the neighboring... You know, like, Barony is obviously gearing up to come towards my home system. Might as well just chuck it at him. And, right. and you know, the best defense is a good offense, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I would just want to make sure, like, if you're going to use it, that, you know, it it's a it's fun. And if you're just trying to have fun, it's a great ship oh, yeah. to build and, and play with. Best ship in the game. If, if you are trying to um, apply it in a super strategic mindset... I would consider mm -hmm. the cost of it versus how much <laughs> you're removing. And right. I would say it all comes down to, like, if you're like, well, it costs eight resources. I'm going to send it to this fleet that's worth 12 resources. That's a net gain of four re That's not how it works. Right. If you're using the Van Hog in a strategic sense, position, I think, is probably a little more important than raw value. Yes. Right? Yeah. We need to send this at the fleet that is going to to hurt us that right. is going to make it difficult for us and, but and i would say personally the whole deterrent theory of just like have it floating above i don't i think i'd just rather have a good fleet like i yeah, do a lot right. with a good fleet with the van hog i or the huge van i can't do <laughs> anything with it yeah. it just sits there right. so i yeah. agree uh we are in a weird timing for the Yin Brotherhood, of course. I think I think Yin Brotherhood suffers the most from our pre-Prophecy of King's Guide uh, disease because we have two Omega components for the Yin Brotherhood. 
Yeah. So we're really dating this guide, but if this is a guide you're listening to in the future and you haven't bought Prophecy of Kings, but you have the base game, you can still get the Omega components online. Uh, they are in the Codex, which you find on the store page for Twilight Imperium. Uh, inside that Codex is their promissory note, Greyfire Mutagen Omega, and it reads, at the start of a ground combat against two or more ground forces that do not belong to the Yin player, lots of conditions there, <laughs> replace <laughs> one of your opponent's infantry with one infantry from your reinforcements, then return this card to the Yin player. The whole point here is you can't use against Yin, and you can't use it to auto-win a combat. It does have to be like a part of a... You're going to have to roll dice still. It's a little tricky. Yeah, 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 it's a little tricky, but that being said, oh my goodness, this is very, very, good. very good. This is very maybe good. the best combat promissory note in the game now as a big sardak guy it does kind of frustrate me a little bit because i have been through this show yeah mostly (laughs) trying my the only like i didn't even want to do this show but matt was like (laughs) you could use the show to try and push teclar legion (laughs) as a promissory note in games and that's all that's the only reason i'm here Uh uh-huh and the fact that Yin just got on the- just some <laughs> random day just got like a better promissory note for that specific yeah you know situation. Mm-hmm. I guess Teclar Legion you can use on you know close you can use, you can against use on Sardak, any- which is uh, maybe well, yeah, a point against can, it. You can know. also yeah that is a point against it. But uh, but well okay, and that brings us to a good point, which is what's similar to this card and Teclar Legion is we recommend that you pretty much only sell this in the window that it is going to be used. Yeah. Um, the idea of just putting this out there, you know, forever, like right. just selling it to someone with no knowledge of where it's going to end up, probably not smart. However, less not smart than Teclar Legion. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's actually not that big of a deal because you can't use it against Yin. Right. I, I have a tickle on the back of my neck right now, Hunter, because I said I said this is one of the best combat promissory notes in the game, and I, I felt the reverberations throughout the world of people going, but the new barony promissory note is so much. So I want to get it out of the way that I recognize. I have to say that the barony note I know is better or else people will errata us. Uh, can you use the barony? You can't use the barony note for ground combat though, right? Uh, I, I don't think so. So maybe That'd it's be the nuts. best, maybe it's the best ground combat. Well, maybe is that's that the qualifier. The, surely, surely that's, we get to yeah. say, yeah, surely, surely we're right. allowed to say that. Surely that's right. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no? yeah. Yeah. That's oh, right. okay. It's right. Good. We are right. Uh, the next uh, Omega component that they got is a new Yin Spinner. So new Yin Spinner reads, after you produce units, place up to two infantry from your reinforcements on any planet you control or in any space area that contain your ships. So you just get two free infantry. You basically get a free orbital drop, which is Soul's ability to put infantry wherever mm-hmm. they want. Only it's better than it, uh, orbital drop because you can put them in space too if you need to. And it doesn't cost you a command counter. The only trade-off to this is it requires two green. So it's kind of late in your tech path. But it is a ridiculously crazy, crazy good ability. I would say it's kind of... So one difference maybe between where Yin is now and where Yin was last time we talked about them, Uh as far as strategy guys go, is that I feel like the stock for transit diodes... Yep has kind of taken a little bit of a hit mm, because mm-hmm. of how good this is. Yeah. This kind of makes, uh, to me, the and we'll talk about tech paths early for yeah. this one because there's they're kind of, they're very versatile. But yeah. um, I feel like this is kind of a like, oh, you're going, 
you know, blue green, well, that totally works. And you don't you don't need to be thinking like, oh, I would love to have transit diodes. Transit yeah. diodes was like the big tech we would talk about right. the first time around with Yen. And I feel like this almost is like a way of addressing yep. uh, the the kind of undue importance of, of transit. Totally. Not the transit si- sucks. It's obviously no. pretty yeah. good. But. If anything, they're both, they could be great together. <laughs> they're yeah. best friends. Oh, they'd be insane <laughs> together. Uh, their other tech is not nearly as good or cool, but that's okay because the Inspinner is like crazy good. So we're kind of like, you know what? We'll take we'll take the win. <laughs> we'll take the W. Uh, right. It is impulse core at the, it, it requires two yellow. So it's another one that's deep. It is actually at the same position as transit diodes, which we've already just harped on being really good for Pretty yin good. yeah um so so is this a good substitution for transit diodes it reads at the start of a space combat you may destroy one of your cruisers or destroyers in the active system to produce one hit against your opponent's ships that hit must be assigned by your opponent to one of their non-fighter ships if able so this is the same ish as your faction ability with two mm-hmm. key differences you get to do it on the drop, right? Right at the start of a space combat. You do it one time. It's not per round, but it's at the start of a space combat. You can do it. Whereas the other ability is at the end of every combat round. And the, the stipulation we didn't say about their uh, devotion main ability is that you get to pick the target. Yes. So even when your buddy brings, you know, a dreadnought, a cruiser, and then a carrier full of infantry, you can snipe the carrier with your devotion ability. That's like and the main point that's, for that's the too. main point for it yeah. impulse core they're assigning the hits and so the only other caveat is it just doesn't get to be fighters if able um but that makes it kind of significantly less useful when you already got devotion and are you really going to do two like are you going to devote one right, destroyer right. at the start of a combat and then another like how much fleet supply do you have seriously uh so you know and, and again comparing this to transit diodes where it's just like hey our infantry are really good and if we could just ignore the space combats and put our infantry wherever we want maybe that's way, way better for what our faction is good at. Right. I want to say something about Yen right now that I think is interesting about them. They, um, and this is going to, some people might overreact to what I'm about to say, but I feel like there are a lot of factions where the faction tech is kind of a cornerstone to how that faction works. Uh And, and, And it needs, there's, you know, there always be maybe one, sometimes both faction tech that it's like, well, you really need to get those because right. that's how you kick it into high gear. Yin, I don't feel like is like that. No. And sometimes I don't research any of these tech and even even with new Yin spinner, right. which is totally. good. I'm not saying it's bad, but. Well, the, a both of those I, are a product of they are absolutely win more, which is what we say right. when we talk about an ability that doesn't fill, it doesn't plug any gaps for you. So if you have a weakness, it's not solving that. You're just doubling down on what you're good at. And it's totally. generally better to get stuff that helps you in other departments where you are weaker. Right. So, uh, and, and I, I would say our biggest weakness is mobility. Um, sure. because we're so well, good at the ground game and all that stuff it's really right. it then becomes just about like well how do we get to where we are defending ground before anybody else i would say i would go even further to say it's like the only thing i ever worry about when i'm playing yin is that i'm gonna lose in space yep i'm not worried about losing on the ground no on, on the ground i should win most fights yeah uh, or have uh, or just be quite a nuisance right as far as how to deal with but they have basically no you know devotion is kind of meh the huge van is like a kind of crazy button to push it's not really like something that is going to carry you through the game yeah just kind of like maybe you'll get a good useful moment out of it a lot of times you won't 
Yeah. So they don't really have anything that helps them in the air is really the thing. And that's why, yeah, I feel like they are so, indoctrination is such a good ability that, and and the fact that both of these uh, techs are really just extensions of both of their regular abilities, Mm -hmm. it's no wonder the impulse core one is just kind of meh, like how devotion is kind of meh. Right. And then Yin Spinner is like, wow, that's really good, but we already had something really good. Yeah, we were already pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The last thing for faction abilities is they are just a two commodity faction which makes them pretty not so not much to yeah, trade with not so and great Greyfire, so used to be that they were trash at trading because Greyfire used to be really bad but new Greyfire is better but new Greyfire is also somewhat conditional so their trade game definitely lacks uh but what they lack in money and trade goods they make up for in their ability to hold any planets that they get and right. nowadays like with yin spinner and stuff their ability to just get free infantry they start with sarween they get two extra i mean you know you, you can kind of totally. just start getting a bunch of free stuff so it sucks to not like have a good trade good economy but you know they they survive i would say Totally, uh, and they have a good home system, so it's not like early yeah. game. They like really need to make some extra trade goods on top of everything. Totally, totally. So today, we are going to play a little bit of a reversal. Normally, we would dive right into uh, our our first round strategy card picks, or just in general throughout the game, what, what strategy cards do we like? But we decided today we need to flip the script a little bit because the Yin Brotherhood's tech path, as Hunter alluded to a little bit ago, is kind of wide open and a lot of the first game it's it's a tech path that you sort of have to commit to right away which means it was in writing this guide it was very difficult to decide like what to do with each strategy card because every answer was like well depends depends what depends which of the tech paths you're going down because it's actually very very different strategies to apply depending on what you do so we want to go over real quickly the tech paths first before we dive into strategy card stuff Totally. So, Hunter, what is uh, your favorite, what's the best tech path for Yin slash, uh, you know, what we always say is the best I, tech path? I th- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, this is blue. We're going to talk about blue green first. I think, though, I, I just want to throw a little caveat and say that I think this is just from memory. I don't know. But I think it used to be my favorite was blue yellow. Yeah. Um, for... Uh, yin and I think yin spinner in a weird way even though don't necessarily need to get it most of the time I think the fact that I now have the option of getting new yin spinner makes me feel like blue green is absolutely mm-hmm. the the best uh, path for them yeah um, with there there's a lot of uh, skippable stuff even so if you yeah. have a if you have a green or blue skip there's like cases to be made for skipping various things but even without skipping anything at all, Neural, anti-mass, gravity drive, even Daxiv. Yep. Daxiv, very fun for Yen, obviously. Right, right. Um, Carrier 2, Fighter 2, Infantry 2, especially Infantry 2. Yep. uh, Obviously super good. Although you can always make an argument for, depending on the other factions in the game, do I even need Infantry 2? Right. You know what I mean? Like, am Am I I going to just just crushing everyone? Yeah. Right. That's why I like that you kind of said Carrier 2, Fighter 2 first, because as we already addressed, the the air game, the space game is a little bit weaker. So, like bringing four fighters with your two infantry on your carrier twos uh and and those being pretty good in the space combat can really help you get to the ground on right. um, better defended space areas above planets um so yeah i mean you can skip i i've seen people talk about skipping neural straight for daxiv which you don't see with any other faction but the point is 
because Yin is so good defensively, getting that free ground force when you take a planet from someone and just immediately right. getting to plop one down is super great. Uh, we're not going to talk about transit diodes in this one, but in general, transit diodes is super cool with Daxiv. The two of them play off of each other. Well, you get the new ground force and then you can pull it back somewhere else, whatever. Totally. totally. Um, but just because there's such an infantry game, Daxiv can feel like win war, but if you don't have the skip, it's great. And you will, you shouldn't balk at getting it at all. What do you say to people that are maybe a little less inclined to go the carrier two route and are more interested in going a dread two route with Yen? Because to uh, me, I feel like, I mean, I feel like fine. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily I do. think that. We even have, we have blue-yellow as an option here. And, and I think with both blue options, the point is that you're getting grab first, right? That's the real strategy to blue, et cetera, right? Right. <laughs> blue, et cetera, is get gravity drive because you're making a play for Mechatol Rex for sure. Totally. You are not going to do it as easily as a lot of other, as factions that start with a blue tech, you're going to have some difficulty there. Um, blue techs don't even necessarily, I mean, blue skips don't even necessarily like help you get there any faster because it's hard to use a blue skip round one. Totally. Uh, so going into round two though, it would be great if you could take Mechatol and then be there with your scary infantry because you got your grav drive really fast and then go either direction, yellow or green, kind of, you know, pick your flavor. Again, it's really just that yin spinner versus transit or carrier two. Well, you can get carrier two either way, but it's it's uh, dread two versus fighter two. So, I mean, it really it depends on who you're up against, right? That's the decision you have to make is between blue, green and blue, yellow. It's what are like your neighboring factions and what's right. what's going to be your problem area. Um, can I, I they, really can they ignore just... fighters or can they cut through your sustained damage? And which right. one should you focus on? Right. I think I think it just comes down to with blue, green, you're kind of just basically saying like the 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 unit upgrades that we have access to are probably worth thinking about how many options you have and how yeah. good all of those options are. Um and not necessarily just being married to one as the best one, depending yeah. on like the specific stuff you need to deal with this round. It might be yeah. more obvious to you like, oh, I think I need see this dread over here that I have. If I got dread two, it can come over here. I yeah. feel like those are the types of decisions I make with Yin versus being like, I'm just really good at this thing. So I'll do this. One uh, more thing I want to say, uh, Daxiv is cool cooler, I feel uh -huh. like, than, than it is for a lot of other factions that maybe don't really rely on, on uh, ground combat as much. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, I do feel like there's an argument to be made for skipping it for hypermetabolism because yep. we need a mm. high-influence slice yep. for indoctrinate. Um, and also, it, and let's say if we have a low one, we're going to need the extra command counter economy because yep. we have an extra thing to spend influence on. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's yeah. funny that Yin Spinner is so good, but is also in that hypermetabolism slot. Yeah. And you're going to want to get hypermetabolism right away if you've got the green skip. Um, totally. I've even seen people say, skip Neural for Daxiv, and then skip again for Hyper. I, I don't know that I necessarily go that route, but that's because I'm a Neural boy all the way. I love it so much. But, I, you know, I see people dog on that. So, so maybe you're in that camp. Um, the other thing I want to say about Yin Spinner and the reason we're putting blue green at the top over blue yellow is one other thing that's interesting about blue yellow is your third unit upgrade generally is space dock two. I would not do it as the first one. You don't need like the extra production capacity, but it's funny that Yin Spinner equals extra production capacity. Like <laughs> you can, right. you can build your maximum number of units and then you gain two free infantry. Yeah. So in that way, it's saving you a dollar. It's like an extra Sarween. And it's doing what Space Dock 2 would be granting you anyways. Yeah, so totally. So it's just another point 
in blue greens camp. Um, so the only reason you end up going blue yellow is basically because you need to get dread two for some reason. Right. Well, you don't. I mean, even if you go blue green, you can get dread two at any point because that's true. You start with Starween. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it really just all comes down to if you're going to go out of the way for uh, dread two, what we're really calling blue yellow is the commitment to go for like transit diodes. Uh, yeah. If you have the yellow skip is the only reason I would do that, too. I'm not going to get Graviton and call it blue yellow, right? I, I right. need a yellow skip, go straight for transit, and then that's why I get Space Talk, too. Let's just talk about the uh, the other weird ones, right? The yeah. the, the Stranger Brothers. <laughs> right, uh, totally. The first one is the one, Hunter, you've gotten to tinker with more, and, and I think uh, you like it quite a bit. It's red, yellow. I love it. I love the, it. The, and, and this has been made only possible because... Omega Mage and Defense Grid is quite good, and especially again, Yin Brotherhood, good at the ground combat. Mage and Defense Grid basically scores an extra hit at the start of a ground combat. Like y- defensively, you become unstoppable. Uh, yeah. And if you're investing in PDS, it's like making the space game a little bit more defensive too. I mean, what? How does it feel to play a red yellow Yin? Uh, it's really it's it's quite qu- it's quite fun. Um, <laughs> I was. I played a game where I forget who it was against, um, but they were playing a SAR, and I will say I did not win this game. Sure, um, but the tech path seemed really promising, and that I was neighbors with SAR, and that did not seem to be much of an issue. Essentially, the idea is that you kind of slow roll out of your slice. The mm-hmm. weakness of this being obviously like. We only get a play for Mechatol Rex if we get a lucky flank speed at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we're probably not getting it. So that's that's a problem. I'm not, I'm not saying that it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool about it is we can go uh, for Plasma and then PDS2. Uh, we can get Mage and Defense Grid and then Graviton. We can get oh. Destroyer 2. Yeah. Um, and using all of, all of that tech plus uh, uh, Space Stock 2 to round it out, we have a very kind of like... I, I guess I would call it kind of um, scrappy. This mm-hmm. is a very scrappy build um, yeah. where you're using PDS to basically say like, listen, like you don't want to even come into my slice right. because first of all, you're going to get shot with all the all this PDS, which is why I actually think Graviton is great because you kind of want to yeah. be able to say like, we're going to do maximum damage if you come over here. And then after that, you have to go through... You know, if let's say you make it through the the you win in the air, okay, yep. fine. Now you come down to the ground. You have to deal with Mage and Defense Grid, <laughs> another round of Space Cannon Defense, yeah, uh, indoctrination. <laughs> like it, it's crazy. It's, it's too unsta- much. Yeah, it's too it's, much. It's too much. I, I like that point too about like you actually kind of like Graviton here because my inclination is like, what we're gonna skip to Transit again too, right? And and Transit's gonna have its place, right? Mm-hmm. I can move all my infantry to the front line where my carrier is, and that's how I move to that next system out or whatever um, right. whenever I need to it is obviously useful but that graviton point about let's talk about devotion destroyer 2 okay you they they enter your system you graviton the pds shots so you're killing non fighters right. then your destroyer 2s kill all the fighters right. and then your devotion <laughs> if if you get a single round of combat your devotion kills the carriers like they right. don't they don't even get to the ground combat that is so impossible for them. Right, right. <laughs> so there's just, but but the obvious, uh, you know, Achilles heel to all of this is you have no mobility. So it needs to be a slice where you've got everything you need there. If you just have this killer slice and you and mm-hmm. like your and, and equidistance on both sides that you can like pretty easily get to. I mean, especially if you've got that like beautiful scenario where 
you know, the the planets right in front of you, you can put PDS on, and then both of your equidistance have planets, and so then your PDS2s get to, like, help fire upon those equidistance. Right. That's a good situation to have a red-yellow yin, where it's like, well, it's not going to be that hard to go conquer both my equidistance, and then I get, like, this crazy beefed-up slice, and as long as that slice is economically and, like, planet trait, all that stuff, enough to maybe score a fair amount of points, you could just camp out all game and never have an issue that's that's how i would describe this way of of playing yin is it's very campy yeah and and i think a lot of it is going to come down to if this is the right tech path for you i think it depends on a couple of factors number one being like if i if i draw like have four pds as my secret objective i'm probably going to be like let's go ahead and do it like that sounds great (laughs) but also like what's what type of slice am i starting with and and how satisfied am i with it do i feel like i could roll this whole game basically just with this slice maybe taking one of my equidistance because right. what's great about pds is once you get the net- network filled out if there's even a moment where you know your neighbor isn't uh you know really having a lot of plastic above the equidistant it's always really easy to sneak mm-hmm. um, an equidistant planet and since you're yin all you got to do is be able to get into the air, and then once you get on the ground, you're gonna you're gonna you take it. You got it. Yeah, um, yeah. If if you were in like a if you were in like last year's tournament and you were in the best one, like if you were in the, that slice that was always the really really good one with all the stuff in it, that would be the red yellow yin slice. It's totally. Just like, listen, totally. everything's here. The only thing that's gonna hurt me is an is a crazy aggressive neighbor, and as long as I can like solidify my slice before they jump on me too hard or if i can negotiate them back for long enough i'm gonna sit pretty for the rest of this game yeah i will say skip wise it's it's fun to think about some possibilities uh skipping graviton is definitely i, I don't want to make it sound like graviton is the cornerstone of this no tech path it definitely isn't uh and transit is cool um however if you just plan right i mean i think i think a lot of the time if you're going this route you're gonna be taking construction a lot anyway yep. so you yep. probably have a forward dock what's also um, cool here is a green skip gets you cruiser two and i don't love i do not love cruiser two yin um i know there's people out there that really love it i i think it's too flimsy uh Mm -hmm. to but but it does come up where you get those that's your mobility if you're lacking it right we're talking about this tech path that lacks a, a, a significant mobility if you get the green skip you can pretty much correct that given you can survive the space game, which is hard to do with just totally. like a couple cruiser twos. Totally. Um, also, let's remember destroyer destroyer twos are very sexy right now. Yeah. Uh, to me, they're they're still sexy. If you have a red <laughs> skip, skipping duranium for assault cannon and having your ludicrous amount of <laughs> before and after hits you can assign yeah. as yin, very fun. Right. Very 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 fun. Um, and possibly, depending on your opponents super deadly i mean the idea of destroyers that get a hit at the top (laughs) anti-fighter barrage their regular hits and then devotion i mean you're you're closing the deal in the first round of basically every combat yeah yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous and 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 can be quite good uh i want to make a little bit of room here in this conversation for green yellow mostly green yellow is where i would put old yin before the new stuff Uh, i think uh it's basically the I drew own two faction techs to start the game with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so beyond that, like green it. yellow isn't especially <laughs> enticing, but if you have a yellow skip, uh, and maybe even if you have a green and a yellow skip, uh, I want to just drive home that point again of like yin spinner and transit diodes working together is pretty deadly as a combo. 
um, and can be quite good in terms of the defenses. It's just another way to solidify those defenses. But you look at it, you're still not getting the mobility, and you compare that to red-yellow, it doesn't quite stand up. So I wanted to like give it its day in the sun, but green yellow has to die and go 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 be in the yeah i mean i yeah i if we were gonna put green yellow forward with i would have to write a dissenting opinion (laughs) right i feel like green yellow doesn't work as much as maybe we want it to i mean basically with yin to make it really simple essentially every viable tech path uh every common one yeah works besides red blue yeah um which is kind of a newer tech path anyways which i think Uh, some people would make the case for but it's just not as good as green i I mean mean, it could be cool it's just weird you don't you don't see a lot of just in other factions you haven't seen a lot of like pds2 plus dread 2 that just seems like (laughs) a weird combo i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i'm just saying i haven't seen a lot of it yeah um and if you have some errata you want to put forward for why red blue works for yin i wouldn't even be surprised if you can make a good case because yeah. yin is just that versatile right right all right so we we've gotten our tech out of the way now we can actually talk about some of these strategy cards uh and hopefully uh not get too lost when we're trying to break up each of these different tech paths the way i really look at it is i want to call it the blue etc paths and the red mm-hmm. yellow that's all we're talking yes. about the yeah, differences totally, are totally. blue or red yellow uh, so first up, of course, is leadership. Uh, we are going to probably put leadership at like a middling pick. Um, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me specifically. I think the biggest issue with Yin Brotherhood is there's maybe a little bit of a secondary problem. Uh, mm-hmm. and that all comes down to their round one trade ability. Um, yeah. they, they are not guaranteed very many trade goods, which means your four resources at home are pretty reliable for tech, and you're usually going to want to do tech. Uh, and so then that leaves not much left on the table to do the secondary of warfare. Um, I mean, ideally, you could get two trade goods, but in the X minus one meta where people are giving one less than your total commodities, totally. you're only going to get a single trade good. You have Starween tools. That's great. But like, really, am I going to do warfare to build two resources worth of stuff? No, that's not very efficient. Yeah. So leadership for me becomes more about let's stockpile these command counters hunter said uh we're gonna lack later on in the game <laughs> we we well, possibly uh, it depends on the slice depends right? on like, the slice it could but be a even situation with, where you're like ah, oh, we'll be fine even with a decent slice the whole point is you would like to save influence as often as possible at least two influence per round for a for the potential of indoctrination sometimes you want to save two clicks of it right you need four total influence just to like have all of your deterrences set aside so all the more free command counters you can get the better spending yeah. the influence on command counters can be a little bit of a dance with them this is the other reason we love mechatol by the way uh as yin not just because it's a cool point that we can get and we can hold it really well but mechatol itself helps solve our command counter problem pretty significantly here's something i want to say i think that if i take leadership i might Here's what I'm going to look at doing. I'm probably going to look at doing the secondary of politics because mm-hmm. a yin with a round one lucky flanks speed yeah. draw is the yin you want to be. Yeah. Um, that's a great place to be. And the sooner you know whether you're going to, I mean, there's four of them in the deck in the base game. Like it's not that crazy. It happens every yeah. once in a while. It's definitely happened to me recently. <laughs> um, so there's that one. The other secondary I would look at is doing construction uh, because we are probably going to want a forward dock as Yen, right? Yeah, because yeah. we have a 
um, if we're going red yellow, we have a problem of not ha- having any uh, mobility. mobility. Yeah. So we need the forward dock, and also even in the blue, etc. Uh, we would we would probably like one just because we we want to get stuff as close to Mechatol and as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um. So and cause I would say politics is a definite construction is a maybe depending on uh, what we have access to. Yeah. What's going on? What is this? That's the the TV alert for like a tornado warning. Uh, Uh So what's happening right now is be careful out there in the wild uh, when you're looking for yin strategy because you might hear some people say that there's a really cool leadership destroyer rush that you can do. Oh, totally. And this is your warning uh don't don't do that hey that's not come on don't do that uh the whole point is drop all of your extra command counters not all but like uh, uh, enough of your command counters into fleet supply and then off of warfare build like a handful of destroyers and send those destroyers out to go just like decimate someone's fleet uh that's a really great way to make a game long enemy uh, something that Yin is actually not very good at handling, despite no being one's able very to. Good at handling nobody's that, good at handling that. So don't no. don't do it. You're not going to be able to trade them away. You're going to make an enemy for life, and you're probably going to sacrifice pretty much all of those destroyers uh, because destroyers don't fight well. They just kill themselves well. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, it's it's not something I did it one time ever. Now I I chose a bad fight to do it against, but I wanted to extort a Muat player for their fires of the gashlight promissory note i wanted them to give me war sons round one so i was like right. hey listen i'm sending three destroyers or four just dest- however many it was i'm sending a bunch of destroyers at you at your war son and if you lose this war son round one like you're toast bud uh they called my bluff i sent them all in i lost all my destroyers they lost the war son both of our games went into the tank <laughs> and my neighbor to the right who was a nalu that got an early neuroglave crushed everybody without even thinking course, about it of course so and that's always what's going to happen is you're yeah. just going to make an opening for a player that isn't you anytime someone comes up with a strategy like that it's like yeah. that is not how twilight imperium works the there's the root idea of entanglement uh, yeah. for ti there's this kind of idea of like well, it's what well, I guess people talk about the prisoner's dilemma a lot, yeah. which I don't even necessarily know what that means off the top of my head, <laughs> even though I say it plenty of the time. Uh-huh. But I would say there is a problem of just like if I stab, if I focus all of my in, uh, all of my power on just like I'm going to ruin my neighbor's game. Basically, yeah. as any faction, you can do that. If you're like, I don't care about points. I just care about getting this guy. Yeah then that's fine. You lose. They lose. <laughs> Somebody neither else. Neither of you had fun. <laughs> no, no, neither of you had fun. So so yeah, the destroyer rush is, it's not good strategy. Yep. And also it just goes against the spirit of the game. It doesn't work, yep. that type yeah. of stuff. Let's move on. Uh, we can talk about Diplo here. And what's weird is this is one of the rare instances where I'm like, you know what? Diplo kind of might have a place sometimes. The only I know Hunter hates it. Let me make let me make let me sell this. Uh, Go ahead. This is we are sixth pick, and we are picking between either Diplo construction or Imperial. We're not going to pick Imperial. Don't care. But depending on the Yin that we are playing, construction may not do a whole lot for us. Uh, well, and you might not docks, have a good planet. For you the might not have dock. a good... Right. The forward dock... If, if the planets you can immediately take on your first round are not the ones you want to get your forward dock on, then construction's no good for you. Uh, whereas uh, you have a four-resource home system. Diplo can be, if you want it to be, worth at least that much, right? 
Okay, um, but now you need to describe the dance that you okay. will have to do in order to well, make this happen. So, no, no, no. There's two things. One is no dance Diplo, which is just like, you know what? Get yourself six bucks, seven bucks off of Diplo because of your four resource home system and your, uh, you know, your, your, you know, maybe two or three resource planet out there. Uh, the, the flip side, the dance is the let's get blue tech skip, <laughs> which is, we need to put that to rest because it's not going to happen because there's a tech timing problem uh with the blue to to make the blue skip work you either need to like have a trade negotiation in the bag which i don't know how you're going to pull that off or you need warfare to pop before tech which i don't know if you've ever played twilight imperium that like never happens that warfare pops before tech pops uh because you would need to spend money on stuff first then pop diplo yourself to get a blue skip and your four resources back and then tech pops and now you can get gravity drive round one Ooh, that was cool but it's in a scenario that never happened uh so don't love it but the the diplo that i'm okay with is if we're not going red yellow and we have like maybe an even better for forward dock position ready for later and this round we want to just get like our two resource planet to be refreshed for six bucks to like build at home right you can do tech and then your last action of the round can be to just build six seven resources worth of stuff with sarween right that's a pretty good round one to get tech expand to two systems and build seven resources worth of stuff doesn't hurt and and, and in some situations can be better than just getting a forward dock right if I was ever in a position where I was going to do what you're describing. Uh, I would have, I, I know I wouldn't even do it. Here's why I wouldn't do it. Even if it's a good play, I would drive myself insane trying to think of all of the shenanigans that yep. the other five players can do. Now yep. that Diplo is on the table yep. round one. So, I mean, if, if, if you're the type of player that's comfortable and confident that somebody else isn't going to be able to do something hecka dumb yeah that's just like too much right basically then then sure but obviously you gotta take a look at the tech skips and you gotta take a look at which factions have access to those skips yep and yeah but yeah i i think you need to be a, as mean as you possibly can with diplo and i don't think that's an easy thing to do it's hard to be mean with diplo so. right because generally speaking if you're gonna be mean with diplo then other people are going to be unfavorable about the timings of their stuff yeah and it's gonna well. end up hurting you more yeah totally yeah. Uh, what about politics? Yeah, I think politics is all right. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it depends on a lot of factors that are like hard to account for. So I would just put it somewhere in the middle as far as our rankings go. Yeah. But it also like with an asterisk of like kind of up or down. Yeah. Um, we are a faction that would love to take Mechatol. We are very good at holding Mechatol Rex and taking politics round one into, you know, leadership round two is a very good way to do that. Now the problem obviously is how do we get there? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're going to, you're going to have to either have a blue skip and then a favorable tech pop uh, round two, probably not going to happen, but no. definitely possible. Yeah. Um, or we get lucky and draw flank speed. So that's why it's kind of like a variable pick. Yeah. I like it because I like to roll the dice a lot um, in general when I play. So I would just rate this as a mixed bag for everybody. And for me, it's a mixed bag plus one. Yeah. Because that's how I go. The the other thing I would say about politics is I, I sometimes I like to just pick warfare round two. 
uh, instead of the and 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 if the other players are slow enough for Mechatol, sometimes you can still get Mechatol round two totally, with Warfare. Totally. Uh, that actually, like, you move adjacent to Mechatol, you remove the token, and it's your third action before you get Mechatol. But sometimes that happens, so might as well leave the case open for yourself. I I put politics as like my fourth or fifth. If I'm if I'm fourth or fifth in the position and it didn't get taken already. I'll mm-hmm. probably I'm gonna pick it over Diplo and construction and maybe even trade. I'd probably pick politics over trade to just to guarantee myself a better pick next round. That's interesting. So I would probably tie it with trade for yeah. me, where it's like either, like either way. The, yeah, it just depends. Yeah. But yeah, we already talked about construction a bit. Uh, the big thing for me though is if we are going red yellow. Construction got great. Hey, construction's real good all of a sudden. Uh, totally. Red, red, yellow, yin does not care about Diplo at all. Let's drop two PDS on the board and make Majin crazy good once we get Majin online, but also, like, let's get our PDS2 ready. Uh, so so not don't love construction unless red, yellow. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, it depends on the... We got to have the right slice to make sure that works. Yeah. But also, like, in a game... I don't know. I think even in a game where you're going blue, et cetera which is a great name for it, by the way. Uh, uh, if we've got a good forward dock, it's not the worst idea in the yeah. world, I feel like. No, um, no. The, the forward dock, you, you always got to consider what it's going to do for you, and it can be quite good. Uh, yeah. Trade's weird, huh? Well, we're not very good at it, yeah. right? <laughs> we, we're, we're one of the, the bad people at trade. We do have a trade ship, which is good. Yes. Um, we do want to take Mechatol Rex, which means that we probably need a little extra money. Um, and also there's the chance that we could buy the speaker token. Yeah. Um, if, if let's say we're third pick, warfare got picked, tech got picked, we can pick between trade or politics. There's this weird dance yeah. that can happen of like, m- oh, maybe you should pick politics so you can go first round two. Mm, maybe you should pick trade and still go first yeah. round two. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> because you bought it. So th- it just depends. Uh, and, and that's kind of a meta thing that has to do with your group. Yep. Um, it's become very common in TTS meta for a while, but I feel like the, the popularity is beginning to wane a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe actually, I might actually, it might be, still be really popular with other players, but I have lately gotten tired of it yeah. because I got burned a couple times of people. Uh, it's a non-binding deal, right? right. So Not someone burns you it. a time or two and then you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm selling it because <laughs> I'm going to get burned. So. Yeah. Well, and especially if the whole point is to do a Mechatol rush, uh, like, I'm not selling, I'm not buying the speaker token and offering them first pick. That's the thing you see people do sometimes where it's like, totally. I'll give it to you, but make sure I get first pick. Well, I'm, I want the speaker token because I want leadership so that I can go take Mechatol. Well, so then, if you want you leadership, sure, we have a problem. Well, here's the thing though. Then you just got to make sure that this person doesn't have, yeah. isn't making a play for Mechatol right. Rex. And a lot of times it's pretty obvious, like what just even by the fact there's just yeah. some factions man that like even if they can take mechatol rex round two right it's just kind of a like okay right. <laughs> i guess i'm gonna do that we're gonna get out as soon as we can just kind of yeah. scooping up the point yeah but you're like a take it and we are gonna have this through yeah. like a whole phase of the game totally basically totally so. uh warfare rules warfare yeah, rules it's dog. pretty great uh, so we can just do it. This is our ticket to Mechatol Rex. Uh, obviously the timing of what strategy card we get round two will be the only thing that actually is in our way, but warfare is the best way to move a carrier out, pull the token and then move it adjacent to Mechatol. And the next round you're parked right next door and you can go do it. But warfare also gives you the opportunity, depending on your slice makeup to do whatever you need to. If, if you have three systems adjacent to your home with planets, you can move out, move out, build at home, pull the token and then move out. 
Totally. Right. You you can just kind of get away with whatever. It's the perfect way. This this is a truth of anybody who starts two C four I that warfare mm-hmm. rules because you get to do just you get to have like the most versatile round one. You get to do whatever you want. Uh, so it. so warfare is our top pick. If you are first in the order, you're pro. You should probably pick warfare. Yeah, I I like it because maybe in this scenario we don't even have to decide what tech path we're going maybe we don't even yeah. maybe we don't even buy tech round one right because it's like listen we're gonna get close enough in order to make the play i can spend these four plus sarween five dollars on extra plastic <laughs> round one go into round two with a lot of options and a lot yeah. of plastic yeah and then it's like you know what maybe we go into round two and it's like uh well i think i'll just take tech myself now to like overcome that because i'm not going to get here's the problem so the so the only thing is that like you open yourself up to a lot of possibilities but because of uh the general way that the speaker order is going to work out you could easily get beat to mechatol rex yeah um by whoever takes leadership round two and and that's a bummer but what i love about the play is that it's just kind of like nah, i'm chill like it's like okay i didn't get mechatol rex but i am like a head on plastic yep. uh, playing a faction that uh, kind of is known for not ever really being ahead on that. Yeah. Um, I already have my slice filled out, meaning that like I'm yin, I'm keeping these planets. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are yeah. mine now. Right. Um, and I'm going into round two with, uh, you know, maximum money and influence. And I think passing on the tech round one, not that big of a deal, no. not a huge deal, D- especially depends on your tech path. If you are going for that red, yellow yin, I especially don't care about passing on tech because totally, I, I don't totally. I do not need plasma round one and I don't I don't need anything you know nothing does anything for me if anything that's sort of the problem with yin is unless you're doing green first and getting neural that's the only thing you need to get round one beyond that just like get tech next round or the round after you know whatever it doesn't matter you'll catch up on tech later but you do not have to do the secondary of tech round one and you could just get a crazy good plastic advantage speaking of all of that what if we take tech uh it's great obviously because those four resources at home get to be dedicated towards just that plastic so we're doing that almost that same situation of like man we're getting five extra stuff five resources worth of stuff at home that's going to be great um i like tech if we are a green path uh, so that we can just go ahead and get neural and get it out of the way and then move on with our lives in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm a blue blue uh, tech path, you could go for gravity drive. If you can get the two trade goods, you you could get gravity drive round one and actually be in like a pretty decent uh, mechatol situation. This is risky because, again, it's sort of the same problem with warfare as you might not end up with a good speaker token area. <laughs> like you might, you right. might be last pick or something. Uh, and in which case kind of kiss your chances at mechatol goodbye probably depends on your group but uh those are the two main things i think you can do with tech is just like get great plastic advantage and research neural or double tech to gravity drive and i don't i don't hate that sometimes i really hate spending six resources to get two techs round one but i don't Mm -hmm. feel that strongly about it uh as yin yeah i think um it's it's funny talking about these back to back because it's like i think with warfare passing on tech is okay with yeah. tech passing on plastic feels scarier. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. little bit like, okay, well, um, we are, a, it's a great start, but we are a little more vulnerable in the sky. Yep. Uh, and also like we need to get, you know, our frat bros onto these planets. <laughs> so like if we're not focusing on that, I feel like it can get a little, a little scary. Yeah. Um, so I feel like double teching, round one 
uh, is is I think pushing that to its maximum. Yeah, and you have to be careful about why you're doing it. Maybe if there's an early tech uh, objective, and we feel like listen, like we don't have any skips, like we we kind of gotta yeah we 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 don't have a lot of options here, so we just need to get this tech stuff done. Yeah, okay, fine, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's that's a little scary of a situation. I love the idea of just getting tech, getting the one tech and then spending the rest on plastic. I totally. think that's a, that's a fairly good opening. Totally. Uh, so let's talk about some of our issues sort of specifically around one, but maybe just more generically, like the things we need to consider early game. What are our weak points? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a lot about like our tech decisions are sort of based on our slice. So we're, we're very slice dependent. Uh, we're very influence dependent. We need it to be in denominations that work well for indoctrinate. So having a bunch of one threes or zero threes is actually kind of a pain in our butt uh, yeah. compared to having one twos and zero twos. We love those slices. Um, and we, we so I mean, honestly, Yin is a faction where when I play as Yin, I would love to have a slice that's like three resources and like nine influence. Mm-hmm. because my home system rules for resources so i've always got that in the bag i could have no resources in my slice and probably be somewhat okay it's not gonna be great i'm not saying i you know i i love that but i would i would take that all influence slice over a slice with no influence totally if those are my two options i'm going all influence i think it just speaks to how the um i guess like denominations work for influence versus resources any amount of resources will do Influence has this weird, like, well, well, you can have influence, but it needs to be, well, yeah. if you're using for indoctrination, we're going to need to have two, yeah. and if it's for <laughs> command counters, we need to have three, exactly, per command counter. <laughs> right. And resources, just like any amount is fine, which is, yeah. I think, why, you know, it's cool that Darien is a 4-4, four, four, but sometimes it feels like it might as well be a 4-0, because yeah. four influence is an awkward amount of influence, yeah. and four resources is fine. Right. The only benefit we get out of that four influence on Darien is like, hey, we get to kind of be relevant in the agenda phase, and that's it. Like, yeah, the fact that we cool. kind of have a baseline four is, is all that does for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you want to make sure, in general, that you are not losing out on command counters in order to do indoctrination. Yes. That is a bad, bad, no good, let's right, not right. do that right. thing. Uh, you are also not, we've talked about it, you're not great at trading, uh, so... People are, uh, they're, they're not, they're already not your friends and mm-hmm. they're hesitant to let you come get up in their grill, right? If you, if you start taking planets like from near their slice or in their slice, they know what that means. They know that that's like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to spend so much time trying to uproot them that I don't know that it's even going to be worth it. So you, right. you, in a lot of games, you kind of start as people's enemy because they just know how much of a problem you're going to be. So they don't. They don't have any reason to give you a bunch of money, and they don't have a bunch of reason to give you any space on the board, any territory. Right. Right. So you you start with, like, you got to fight your fights. Uh, luckily, you have a great uh, fleet to start with, so you can fight those fights. And this is some pre-errata that we got from Jasper exactly on this point. We're just going to read it off because it's it's a really good uh, point here. One, they have one of the best starting fleets in the game. The Yin Brotherhood starts with a set of units that is not just good on the ground for infantry, but also one of the best in space combat with four fighters and the carriers to transport them. Uh, a new player might not realize that this fleet, in a straight-up combat, defeats most factions' fleets. One trap an inexperienced player might fall into is not realizing this advantage and letting a weaker faction get away with grabbing a system on your border that you wanted. If it's not Muat, Nalu, Mentak, or Necro using their War Sun, Fighter, Ambush, Dread stuff advantage to be bold, you should probably let them know that they are overreaching. 
Uh, you don't have the economy to be making early enemies. Uh, so the whole idea here is you could beat them and you want to take that stuff from them. So if they come towards you, you already like have a problem to discuss, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, the, oh, we have a negotiation. Like splitting the equidistance with someone as yin can sometimes be really, really awkward because it, it just ends up like kind of haunting you all game. And especially selling the equidistant to somebody else can be a big pain in your butt. Um, so for me, it's it's really hard sometimes to balance what you're doing to the meta at the table when you go snatch planets from somebody or when you get annoyed that they're get t coming to take your stuff. I think Yin's um, situations are amplified in, in how quickly they turn to like, we're maybe not friends at this table. We're, we're having right, problems. Right. Um, and that can be hard to adjust to because you don't have enough tools to like win them back over into your favor. But on balance, I really like what Jasper is saying with just like, don't be, don't feel like you're behind. Like yeah. take, take these planets because yeah. when you get them, they stay yours. Yeah. And uh, you do have such a solid start that, yeah, it's going to take a specific, uh, alignment in order for another player to be able to push back on you successfully. Yeah. Um, I do feel like a lot of this comes down to like, how does it play out as far as uh, the speed of things go? Yeah. And also how much do the other players focus on plastic over something like tech? So, I mean, I feel like, I feel like the way I would frame it is we have an advantage as far as starting units go. Yep. Now, if we overplay that hand and other people get ahead of us though, it is going to be, a problem we don't want people to uh essentially keep us from getting to these planets so we need to beat them to it yeah yeah so uh, i think those are our main weaknesses honestly we don't have they're, they're, none of them are major major weaknesses they're just things to like really keep in mind in terms of the rest of our trading and meta we've talked a lot about how trading is is not super great but the only other thing i really want to drive home is this new stuff with Greyfire mutagen which Honestly, someone has already done it better than we even could. If you look up uh, on, on our Discord, Just the Bay Six uh, posted a link to their Reddit post, and that Reddit post is Omega Grayfire Mutagen Guide, and it is an awesome little breakdown of all of the uh, like ways and to consider selling Greyfire. And and honestly, I mean, a, a lot of them amount to the things you would normally see. Uh, the, the post is by, yeah, they have the same name on Reddit, Just the Bay 6. So uh, the, the general idea here is you could look at Greyfire Mutagen and see that it is basically worth half a resource, right? I'm going to gain one infantry. But that is totally the wrong way <laughs> to look at this tech. Uh, the real value is that monetary value of basically 0.5 trade goods. Uh, but you're also taking them down one ground force, which turns it into also a combat strength thing, and it costs yin nothing, whereas it, it used to be a thing that could hurt yin, or you have other promissory notes that have a direct cost. Uh, so there's there's nothing to lose here, but that combat strength can be worth as much as the planets that are below it. Uh, they can be worth as much as how much it turns your odds in your favor for this fight. So for me, it seems crazy, but I think that Greyfire Mutagen could be worth tr three trade goods pretty regularly. Now, people are going to balk at that, and they're not going to want to pay that much because three trade goods for one infantry mm -hmm. sounds crazy. 
But when you break it down to them, and uh, Just the Basics gives a great example of how to sell, and they say, use a foot in the door technique. Offer it to a player outnumbered one versus two or one versus three for a one-time reduced low, low price of one trade good so that the other players around the table can see how powerful it really is. You have to like basically prove to the table that this promissory note is ridiculous. It's worth money, yeah. And so. then in the future, you're going to get your two to three trade goods per time that you sell it. And you should try to, you could probably try to sell it like almost every round. Like literally anytime there is a ground combat, someone will probably find it valuable to have that because it's very rare that someone besides Yin or Soul or Arborek just baseline outnumber somebody else in a ground combat. So turning those odds to plus two in their favor, minus one of their opponent, plus one for themselves is almost always going to turn it into a pretty much guaranteed win for them or you can be convincing people like hey listen you've only got two infantry but i can if you wanted to go for that attack over there i can make it work for you right uh there's also another tactic uh that just the basics describes which is the money back guarantee (laughs) where essentially you offer it for a higher price uh like what what they're saying the the normal price should be um three trade goods yeah um which i I don't know i i think i personally would would push it at two and just kind of see how it goes but uh the idea is you offer it to them for three if they lose the the ground combat they get their money back yeah uh which is just that's such a kind of schroeder next level (laughs) just like here's here's how much deal making we're going to do in this game yeah yeah Uh, obviously non-binding you can't do a money back guarantee in the game that's not yeah yeah totally yeah but Uh, uh, sounds like a fun uh, idea. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, too, to all this is, like we already said earlier, obviously with Greyfire Mutagen, you are always better off doing it in the moment that they need it for the yes. uh, for the attacker. Now, you, that uh, someone can use it. Uh, wait, can, Grey, can new Greyfire be used defensively? Or Yeah. I mean, you can't sell it defensively, obviously, but this is actually a thing I need to double check. At the start of a ground combat against two or more ground forces. So yes, if you did sell it ahead of time, if you knew an, an attack was coming, you could sell it to the upcoming defender and help them prevent an attack. But it's just super important to note, you can't sell it to the defender in a combat that you like that, that is separate from you because you can only sell it to the active player. Totally. So if you're trying to help someone defensively, you do have to get ahead of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think if you read if you read the room, it can there can be some pretty um, obvious, uh, yeah. uh, you know, times where where you can see that opening there. But also, like it sometimes it's just a good thing to tell the players like, hey, if you're trying to win a close uh, combat, like just buy this for me, and I'll help you. Uh, right. I'll help you close those numbers. So whatever. For sure. They can't use it against you, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, always be careful about selling it ahead of time, uh, yeah. and don't don't let it get stuck. You want to be able to sell it multiple times if you can. Let's talk about the mid game. Okay. Uh, I think there are two diverging paths that open up with our mid game. Totally. Uh, the the first is yay, Mechatol worked, <laughs> and totally. now we're now we're in the Mechatol game. Uh, and we are just trying to push that uh, advantage as far as we can. We're in the middle of the board, so if uh, if territory objectives are coming up, we are looking to launch ourselves from Mechatol out to other spots. Uh, and beyond that, we are just trying to hold Mechatol and maybe get a couple Imperial points, get some free points. Uh, Yin is the faction that I love to win from ahead the most as, because you certainly can defend your stuff when people it it, as long as you have the infantry stuff on lockdown and you have even like a decent fleet 
you can hold off a lot of attacks. Now, I've run into plenty of games where I didn't even have a decent fleet, and then people are actually able to steamroll you somewhat if, if you had too much of a lead. But it's not crazy difficult with like the right slice to have good enough fleets that are all defended by a handful of destroyers and mechatol and some free points and just like you coast into a victory that people can't stop yeah yeah so i mean obviously the problems that we have to solve with this is we need to reinforce mechatol get more infantry there yeah um uh, transit diodes helps yin spinner helps with that um, just straight up having a forward dock, building them and moving them to yeah. Mechatol helps with that. A single um, PDS on Mechatol PDS is saves helpful because life. bombardment is, uh, you know, I mean, I would say the number one way to get rid of Yin is just make sure you have enough bombardment to kill all of the, yep. the infantry. Totally. Um, so yeah, uh, PDS is good. You got to be careful for the the thing about having a PDS on Mechatol though is that it will cripple defenses will get played. Yeah. So go ahead and <laughs> get ready for that to happen. Maybe yeah. have a sabotage just for that. It you know it's always funny when I'm like have a sabotage. Make sure yeah. you get one. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying. It's 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 essentially all about getting as many infantry there as possible and adding as many little extra defenses to that yep. that you can, uh, and then just holding on uh, to your plan basically but if you can get you know two maybe three if you're lucky mechatol rex points uh it's pretty you're hard not, not gonna to win yeah. a game like at that point i mean i'm i'm even excited in a game where i get a sink if i took mechatol and i get a single imperial point i'm probably in on That's easy pretty great street. yeah yeah uh so let's talk about if mechatol didn't work out um i think the main thing is we are probably going to have to get fairly aggressive in the mid game uh mm-hmm. so uh, if if you are already at the beginning of the game knowing you're not going to go for Mechatol Rex, I would immediately start diverging into a plastic-focused game. Mm-hmm. Do tech if you can, if you're feeling rich, but get the plastic because you need to start getting planets to hold anywhere right. else. You're going to need to like dig a little bit into both your neighbors or jump through a wormhole or something. Um, you also need to be spending a lot of your time building up your destroyer gum um, because devotion is going to help you uh, defend your slice. And as you're getting more and more aggressive, people are going to start looking at you to retaliate. And if you get those destroyers spread out, you can always add one to an aggressive fleet to go help make sure you win this the, the fight to get your boots on the ground, right? So, so devotion can be used offensively. We just don't want to overdo it. Um, but the whole point here is if we are not going to get any Mechatol points, we have to score three secrets. We got to score five stage ones. We got to get a support for the throne and we got to find a 10th point or we got to like definitely qualify for a stage two, which means we're going to need a strong economy and probably a nice even spread of like planet traits and tech skips. Like you're going to probably have to go lash out at people and, and steal some stuff. Right. Honestly, everything that we have just said, kind of their mid game, just it, their mid game and their late game is basically the same. Yeah. We have a great start. The early game is fantastic. There's this kind of key uh, point of, did we take Mechatol Rex? Did we not? And then from then on, everything we just said kind of just applies for the whole rest of the game. It's about, you know, rooting down uh, planets that you need in order to score objectives, holding on to your planets on the ground, um, staying competitive in the sky, even if, like, that can be kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. making sure to positionally manage your, you know, your frat clones on your various <laughs> frat houses around the galaxy, um, watching out for too much bombardment. You know, like I said, PDS is a great defense, but then you've got crippled defense, uh, looking out for soul, um, 
who can sometimes beat you on the ground. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Soul and maybe even, I guess, Arborek yeah. with Latani 2s, although that will happen. The bombardment really is often. the bigger thing. The, these sure. factions that can outnumber you with ground combat. I mean, we did a whole episode about Soul versus Yin, and I think our end result was like, you know what? Yin kind of rocks like yin yin totally. really does pretty well in in, in if if your metric is just ground combat obviously yes. i think soul is better overall or at yeah. least has an edge overall 100%. but if we're just talking about fighting on the ground yeah. i would rather it it just becomes a question of like would you rather would you rather have more infantry or them hit better yeah i'd rather have more and yeah. I, and yin is generally better at having more than soul totally I, I i might be the most afraid of muat honestly as yin totally the bombardment yeah. is gonna chew through my stuff and even my devotion is assigning one hit which means like i gotta have a direct hit or something if i really want to deal with that war so now it's possible i mean it's certainly not crazy to think that you might get a direct hit but it still is is fairly tricky to get through that war sun sometimes totally um, the, the devotion helps and you can scare them off but like l1 z1x is really scary the barony flagship is really scary right uh sardak nor exo triremes are scary there's there's a lot of factions out there that can really crush us with bombardment and we don't have a ton of answers to that yeah i will say um unless you're going red yellow well no even if you're going red yellow yin if you're on mechatol rex the, you should, and you get a PDS down, that's great, but you need to be planning for it to get disappear tripled. because yeah. it likely will. So the the way you get around that is just budget for, just try and have so many yin boys mm. down, uh, yin boys and girls down on Mechatol Rex that you basically outnumber even with bombardment. You yes. know what I mean? Just just right. budget for that. Right. Um, have have a bajillion infantry. This is why Daxiv can be great. This is why mm -hmm. Yin Spinner is obviously amazing. Uh, just building at home and transit dioding out is great. Uh, I will say, if you get these awesome, crazy big stacks of infantry, stuff... This is such a weird, specific point, but I really wanted to say it. If swords to plowshares or any of those things come up where you get to like so cash specific. in your infantry for trade goods, if it's like a late-game thing... Uh, there's many situations where I will take it. Like, yes, I know that the infantry are kind of like our main, that's our thing, right? And that's mm -hmm. our big defenses. But if if I've done everything else well, let's say I have the huge van above my home system, so like I have a little bit of a stopgap, getting a crazy economic advantage, I mean, you can get loads of trade goods off of these agendas and stuff. Sure. So if it comes up, you can turn that into a way better fleet advantage or you can turn that into straight up points like that can get you a two-pointer right that can i'm a get little you less resources. hot to trot on this point and i yeah. will explain it right now go so let's say we have here's here's how much bombardment someone can do to you at most yeah is six bombardment six shots sure You've got five dreadnoughts plus plasma scoring that's hard capped at six Unless we're, you know, we, we could talk about war sons or whatever, but mostly that's the ceiling to yes. it. I can get, you know, it's not that crazy for a yin player to have 12 infantry <laughs> on, on the big tall Rex. That's not yeah. the weirdest thing. Yeah. So in this situation where source plowshares comes up, if I take the deal, well, now I'm down to six yeah. infantry on Mechatol Rex, which is... Uh, depending on the situation, possibly going to run into the, that bombardment. Uh, there's like a bombardment ceiling of like, if this much bombardment hits me, it could actually make me vulnerable. Yeah. So I always, I always think it's better 
to have the giant stacks yeah. um, if I'm playing Yin. I think it depends on if, if the stage twos have come out, because you're probably not getting an economic stage two in any other way, uh, but this could help you help you do it. Uh, the, the last point to say is Yin, especially for the late game, is um, command counters generally are becoming less important in like the final round. Sometimes that's not true. Sometimes you need like four command counters to like stall and pull off a bunch of stuff. But it is so critical to keep that influence. You've been doing it kind of all game, but in like the last round of the game, you never know when someone's going to like pull some slick maneuver on you that is for their final point or whatever. Um, and having that influence ready to indoctrinate anything defensively uh you don't just want it you want the table to know you have it like set the right. planet card right. out and be like this is for indoctrinate in case any of you decide to try anything don't even think about it like i love just getting ahead on uh, like finding a way to get to scrape some trade goods together yeah and then just budgeting the two on the side right. and then i honestly i quit looking at my planets because yeah. i'm just like listen i've got my little influence bank over here there's like my trade goods that are for spending my trade goods yeah. for, for public objectives and then my trade goods that are just for indoctrinate yeah. um because then i don't have to worry about like oh i gotta have gotta keep arnor or whichever <laughs> one it is yeah uh just like ready to go for some reason um so yeah but yeah always make sure that you can do indoctrinate never right. mess right. that up because when you do that sucks man i just feel so good about yin these days it's so funny how they're much great they've, faction. They're fun they, to play. they've come around for me they they might be my favorite faction these days with i think they are i think game. they have been for a while yeah uh, i would love to thank all of our weird bears farganus tg welch and brian and i also want to thank our space kitties naderade patience is a virtue polyphony requiem rwise hippie peace turtles gazkio dark jutsu bot bot absol is toria ready action and newcomer to the big club vision s the queen of ti heck yeah has joined the space kitties welcome heck yeah vision brother <laughs> Hunter, what's coming up on the Galactic Council? Oh, um, so we still have uh, the second round vote for October's Galactic Council episode. Your two options are SCPT reviews their own tier list from 2017, yep. uh, which is where we re-listen to that episode and review it. Um, it's currently losing, and what's currently winning, and I would totally you know, join the Galactic Council just to throw more love towards, finally, it looks like I'm going to get to do my rules quiz <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> Uh, which is where I'm just going to, you guys are just going to ask me rules questions. And well, we'll I see think, what I think I know. I'm going to play along with this one. I think the goal. That's not fair. You know the rules. Well, not always. I, half the time. Okay, Hunter, here's the trick. Maybe I feel like I've said this in the past, but but the big trick has been, you know, you always make the joke like, oh, make sure you message Matt on Facebook at like 3 a.m. and ask him a rules question. Oh, yeah. It's a backdoor to Milty. It's just a backdoor to Milty. I just message Milty and then Milty gives me the answer. So oh. um, if anything, you guys need to just start direct messaging Milty on uh, Discord no, like no, I do. No, no, <laughs> no, no. leave that man don't, alone. But I do think. Alone. It's not his job. If okay, we do, if we job, do rules Matt. quiz extravaganza, though, either Milty's going to put together the questions for us, or we might just bring Milty onto the show himself and have him throw whatever he's got at us. Because I think I want to play. I think I want to score. Because um, Hunter, I think you might surprise people with how many rules you know compared to me. I, I second not. guess myself a lot. Probably so. not. <laughs> Probably um, not. <laughs> so here's the Twitch schedule. Um, so at some point, we are playing Letters from Whitechapel. We have not. <laughs> scheduled it and it needs to be scheduled yeah asap right. so i don't know when we play that but it's gonna happen soon i'm guessing hopefully. like two weeks right two weeks, two weeks so from it might now? be it might be a little late yeah. it might not be it's supposed to be the september 
fan club. Yeah. And it, it might, might not be make October 3rd or something. <laughs> yeah. It might just be a little bit late, but that's coming up. And then I'm playing a root tournament, a uh, hype game, uh, September 25th, um, which is a uh, Friday, um, yeah. at 8 PM central daylight savings time, central dailing time, central uh, dailing w- time. And I'm trying to get, there will perhaps be a special guest. We had Lord of the board, on last week uh, which was super fun too. thank you thank you lord lord of board um <laughs> and that was a very regal game i think because sam came into that game with lord of the board ready to go i i tuned in for a little bit and i kept hearing everybody like ah yes mm, thank you sir of course yeah uh, <laughs> it turned oh, it into was, a very lordly game it was a very sweet crew we did it was a <laughs> very much like a i mean there there was a competitive air but it was uh, kind of like you know when you know like the idea of taking the glove off and yeah. and, and, <laughs> and smacking your opponent with an empty glove uh-huh. you know it was that type of uh, a fun vibe and and that was great and everyone um if you don't know who lord of the board is uh check out his youtube channel totally uh, it rules lots of very good root content uh he makes a lot of uh strategy videos for a lot of other uh games as well mm-hmm. so check all that out um super cool and yeah. and yeah i'm i'm glad that he joined and for more yeah. tournament hype games for the upcoming root tournament um definitely find bot bot and garrick's uh channels because they are doing way more root games than even hunter or yes. i they've got yes. a full roster <laughs> of games going on that are just built to like let's put the plus one draft method through its paces let's check it all out see how you know see if there's any weak links but more importantly just like let's get people used to playing on it before the tournament starts in october they have been this is how far they they have gone the the root community has been really insane yeah um, and and i love them all so much it's gotten to a point now where i realize they are now scheduling these games for me for you which yeah I, I don't know this is a little i'm just gonna let you guys know i'm not very good at scheduling games i tend to I tend to have a weird, I don't, I guess there's a part of me that doesn't really like to check up on people very much. Uh I will just like send a message and be like, can you do this? And then, and that might be two or three weeks out. (laughs) And then if they say yes, then I just forget about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then I'm just like, that's it. I'm not very good at like keeping everyone on the same thing, Yeah. um, which is weird because it's almost like I'm treating people like the most important thing in their lives (laughs) should be playing this game. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it's like the most important things that happen is I record this show and I play board games. Yeah. And it's hard to realize that like other people have like babies and <laughs> Stuff normal jobs. And I forget about that. Um, anyways, uh, as far as the YouTube goes, I have an old yin game that I could put up. Yeah. But it's really old. And I'm trying to maybe sneak in a yin game in the next coming days. Okay. Um, so you also might see a surprise middle of the week Twitch stream of me playing this yin game so that I can then immediately throw it up on the YouTube. I want to get you some yin content to go with this this yin episode. So we'll TBD there. Uh, and I want to thank everybody who rates this show on iTunes or Apple podcasts or wherever, uh, because it helps grow our little community. Uh, it helps grow. You know what? Honestly, what I've noticed in even just the past year, it's growing the idea of, really specific shows or content in general. I've seen stuff on Twitter of people kind of like itching for, for more stuff outside of even us. So like by showing our show support, your other favorite games could get people that are like, you know what? We're going to do that thing too. So 
push for anybody and everybody to like make that kind of content because I think the board game scene is really trying to open up to more like, hey, let's just talk about this one or two uh, board games. Uh, you can also find our information about our Patreon or Twitter or Discord or all of that on our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com. Dot com. <laughs> Hunter, uh, we did a yin. That was I messed you so up. Stu- I messed you, you up so me. good. Uh, but really we, we've got up. some spoilers. We've got some Prophecy of King spoilers we're going to do. Yeah. And on brand today, we've got to reveal some yin brotherhood stuff. I will point out that it looks like based on the sheet and stuff, yin brotherhood really only have one thing they're lacking. I mean, I guess the hero isn't like 100% unlocked, but people basically get the idea. So the only thing we have to reveal is Brother Mylor, the Yin Agent, and I think y'all are gonna poop your pampers. Here we go. Poop your pampers? Hey, if you don't have your pampers on, throw them on real quick. (laughs) After a player's destroyer or cruiser is destroyed, that's anybody, but especially you, and that includes after you devote a destroyer, you may exhaust this card. If you do, that player may place up to two fighters from their reinforcements in that unit's system. Brother Milo, Brother Milo has got the emergency uh, evacuate <laughs> button. And when you when you send your destroyer into the enemy war sun, they get to pop two fighters out of the butt and uh, continue the space combat from there. This ability is ridiculous to me and makes devotion uh, crazy good, like way, way, way yeah, better, especially if into offensively. Two fighters, suddenly, that's yeah. so strange. I love it. It's yeah. so, that is one of the weirdest agents, and it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. and you, and we've got stuff too, like the upcoming Argent Flight that are going to be like a destroyer heavy faction. The idea that you could offer this—I mean, this is a tradable thing too, right? If I have a round where I know I'm not going to be devoting anything, mm-hmm. all right, who wants to? You know, Mentak, are you making any crazy jobs? You want you want to turn that cruiser into two fighters uh, and, and kind of secure the victory. Uh, Argent Flight, do you want to do that? Uh, Titans of Ul with their crazy cruisers that got re- uh, unveiled recently. Like, there's a bunch of factions out there that might want to take advantage of this because this could really swing some battles in pretty major ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, what else you got for us today? We I'm, have I'm hungry an agenda. We've, we've had uh, a, what? A, a lack of... No, an dude. agenda? Guess what? what? This, this agendas one, are lame, though. Who cares this one about is agendas? called Search Warrant. It uh-huh. is a law. Uh, just first off, Search Warrant. This is already off to a very good thematic start. Uh-huh. Uh, as a, uh, The law is elect a player. The elected player gains this card and draws two secret objectives. Then, the owner of this card plays with their secret objectives revealed. that's ridiculous what a ridiculous what what i hate about elect player laws is like it's the 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 thing that is unsaid about elect player laws is someone's getting hit with this right with a for or against like some it's like oh well a thing might not happen right like if the against is not a big deal it's whatever but with an elect player it's like not this happens like this will happen to somebody and this one to turn someone's secret objectives into face up secret objectives that they're now just playing but they you know they get to immediately like cycle out and get the best ones they want right they're they're drawing two if this is early game this is awesome i have a whole game to plan for but everybody knows what i'm doing if it's late game I get to at least make a last ditch effort to finish the rest of my secret objectives. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. That's really funky. There's a lot guys there. <laughs> I'm joking when I said that the agendas are lame, there's a lot of wild agendas yeah. <laughs> and I want to tease you just real quick. Not, I'm not going to reveal an agenda, yeah. but I'm just going to say that something I've noticed 
is if you go back to our earlier streams where we <laughs> where we let the audience write agendas, yeah, you might find some. Oh, I don't know. You might find that some of the audience may have unwittingly written some POK <laughs> agendas because I recently encountered something that made a light bulb go off in my head and then I checked it and yeah so go ahead scour all of our old streams because <laughs> you didn't know it but there were POK spoilers in it and I'm yeah. not going to tell you which agendas they are just right. like well just what's hilarious you know. is that's already been true with other mechanics too right like we had an audience agenda that was the Creus hero like that's right. just the yes. thing that we yes. did at one point <laughs> right right so it's not unheard of that uh that just like the weirdest i mean dane is a wacky person and all of the weirdest ideas any of us could think of seem like they're making it into this board game yeah. so yeah. can't wait can't wait for how stupid this game gets huh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, well, hey, you know what? L- love fratting around. <laughs> oh, good job. Very love good. Love fratting around with you, um, uh, my, my fellow frat brother. Um, and I, I think what I always love joking about with the yin because they're clones, um, this is, I think, where we originally got the whole, like, are Hunter and Matt the same person? Yeah. And we do look really similar. Um it's just kind of, it looks like we are a clone. And then like for you, they were like, let's make them, you know, lame. And then with me, it was cool. And, but that's it. We're the same mold. Yeah. It's just like lame, right. you know, and then like super cool. Yes. It's like, like lame. 100% agree. Like one Yin Brotherhood has like uh, a, the, the shirt buttoned up one too many buttons. And yeah. the other one has his shades on. Yeah. Okay. And actually let's, let's take it further. One of them is a dad. Uh-huh. The other is a stepdad. <laughs> thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.